This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. After all, they're just wrestling, right? Woo! We'll break your bones! We'll grind you into pain! We'll turn your faces off! It's time to take out the trash on Turnbuckle Trash. Pro wrestling from a fan's perspective. Without further ado, allow me to present the newest sensation of the entertainment world. Zane Peterson. Well, he's doing really, really well blocking those punches with his face. Dave Denton. A mindless eating machine. Ready, master control? Ready, switch on. This is Turnbuckle Trash. I'm taking the trash out. Dave, is that you? Um, so what if I told you I was calling you from a rotary phone, what would you say? I'd say, are you in Vince McMahon's office? Um, well, so how do you say it now on the air? You know how, like, back in the day, it was like, you know, I, I, you do the touch tone thing for me. I know we do this, like, a thousand times every, I mean, this is like the 15th time I've done it, but you gotta say it, because it makes me laugh. Oh, live, live, live on. Uh, okay. No, the joining us, joining us with the but yeah, touchstone telephone. Okay, we'll we'll do that. Okay. <clears throat> Getting into the radio voice here. <clears throat> Coming to three, a two, and a one. And now joining us via the touchstone telephone, it's Zane Peterson. Hi, touchstone. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> Are you calling me dumb? I represent that remark, so. <laughs> it's not you. It's just, it makes me laugh, though. <laughs> so, like, now that, so do you, when you interview people on the radio now, do you see, like, joining us via the cellular waves or something like that, or, or via cellular telephone? No, I'll just say on the phone. Uh, oh. Sometimes I'll say on the smartphone or the smart elec phone, whichever way you want to call it. So, huh. so, but I am joining you via the cellular wavelength. Oh, it's okay. a fairly new technology. I don't know, you know, if you've heard of it before, but it's a hand handheld device that's horrible. <laughs> Crazy. You remember Crazy. those old brick phones, man? Yeah, dude. I tried. Yeah, to, you, I used to do uh, uh, sports play-by-play on a brick phone. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah. How did you? What were you? What were you recording on? Like, how did you do that? Well, we we had a, a special adapter that uh, we could hook up the brick phone into a mixer system, and Ooh. then it would uh, take the uh, what we were using on our microphones through the mixer down the cellular telephone system. And take it back oh. to the studios. Oh man, that's like that's like freaking technology right there. And it sucked. <laughs> it was yeah. awful, man. It was bad. So let's get into the. Well, is it is it politically correct to say meat and potatoes, or do we have to say let's get into the vegan and tofu? I think we should get into the vegan and tofu. So you know that you know how like. When, you know, you smell a steak cooking or like, you know, you're a big a southern guy. So, you know, you smell those ribs and the smoker. And oh, just, yeah. Oh, your mouth starts watering. and mm, You know what I mean? Uh-huh. 
Oh, I could just have been to smell Teresa's ribs cooking in the smoker right now. I had some yesterday, by the way. So, oh, yes. dang. Uh, do you think that vegans, like, when they mow their lawn, do you think that's the same <laughs> feeling they get? I just hit one of them natural onions, and it smells good. <laughs> They're like, mm, oh, that Kentucky bluegrass. Wow, mm. a little bit of smoked paprika on that would be mm. just delicious. <laughs> so, speaking of grass, well, actually, no, we're not even speaking of grass. We're speaking of professional wrestling. That's true. So, David, my new new um, employment takes me all over the state of Utah. Last week, I was in Cedar City. Two weeks ago, I was in Fort uh, or Camp Williams in Utah. Now I am in Monroe, Utah. Never you heard know where of Monroe it. Monroe is. Never heard of it's it. A little town southeast of Richfield, tucked up along the up along the the uh, the, the foothills uh, of the of the Sevier Valley down oh, okay. there. But uh, down in the gas station, just a real quick story. They have a <laughs> they sell Donald Trump hats, and they have a big sign that says. Build that damn wall. I think Monroe, Utah is the only place that you could probably not offend anyone <laughs> <laughs> and have by selling Donald Trump hats and, 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 and build the wall. Yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. That's man. the type of town Monroe is. Okay. Good, a good little town. So, so um, I've been listening quite a bit. Uh, have a chance now that I work by myself. I've got to get a little bit of windshield time. So I've been putting on a few podcasts and, and, um, listening to the world of professional wrestling so yesterday i i put on the uh the, the jericho podcast uh, i don't know what his official name for it is yeah uh, and then um uh, the big guest on the jericho podcast uh was none other than sean moxley do you know john moxley uh. Does he speak with a British accent? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but doesn't it kind of sound like like something that they, like something it does? Like they, would, yeah. like they would say, like you know, like from the outskirts of London, it's John Moxley. John Moxley, <laughs> or or you could be like Scottish. You could be like John Moxley. <laughs> I don't know. The but former anyways, Dean Ambrose. The former Dean Ambroso. So, um. Old Dino, the man, Ambrosio, slash John Moxley was on Chris Jericho podcast. So there's a website called PW Torch, and they do a podcast. And John Moxley was their guest on there. And boy, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any of these podcasts, have you? Uh, not a whole lot yet. I've heard a lot about the Jericho podcast, and you were telling me about the the torch brought uh, podcast today. Uh, what, what, what's going on? Boy, he, um, it has, it is an interesting perspective. It is an interesting, and it's crazy to think of the things that, that John Moxley says that we were saying on our podcast, you know, two years ago, three years ago, you know, things like remember the, 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 bat, the, the, the street fight against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, how lackluster it was. And, and uh, and I remember us. I specifically remember us talking about that on our podcast on how lackluster it was. We were like, that was kind of a dumb match. So yeah. There was no. It was very little build, very little time 
and he talked a lot about that match with Brock Lesnar and how uh, how the creative control that Brock has that almost nobody else has. And it was unbelievable. He says, he says, this is my my moment. He says, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, he says, even though Dean Ambrose as a singles competitor, you know, he says it was heavily scripted character and stuff. He says it was, you know, he says, I still put a lot into the character. He says, I was willing, this, this was my time. He says, I was willing to do anything. He says, I was willing to take, you know, he says, he says, he says, I wanted the thumbtacks. He says, he says, I told Brock to F5 me 17 times into a pile of thumbtacks. He says, I was willing to bleed all over the arena for this match. Yeah. And, and nothing. Nothing. They're like, he says, well, they're like, well, what kind of weapons are we going to have? What kind of, what kind of props are we going to have? And I said, well, you're going to have a couple of kendo sticks and some chairs. And, and, and John Moxley is just just absolutely flabbergasted. Then he says Brock is just going. Uh, don't worry, man. It'll be fine. Everything will work out. And and uh, I just I just thought that was crazy. How some characters have zero control over their character, but yet some characters can do whatever they want. So let's talk. Let's get Dave's take on. That's this scenario. Well, you you've got you've you, you brought up an interesting point, and I, I think um, once again Dave's opinion here, and based on years of watching professional wrestling, you've got a little bit of difference between the former Dean Ambrose and uh, the current Brock Lesnar. Oh, excuse me, I just watched a Brock Lesnar beat down on Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw, bored me to tears, uh, but. You, you've got two people that have opposite views of what they're supposed to do. Here is John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, who loves to perform, loves professional wrestling. He loves the business. And it sounds to me like Brock is in there saying, oh, okay, uh, it's okay. We can do this. It'll be fine. I just don't want to put too much effort into it. That's yeah. what it sounds like to me. Well, and he talks about how, like, you know, he says there's rings set up at the hotel and people are practicing their their promos and their you know days before the event you know they're 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 at the venue they're wandering around the venue and they're 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 just ready for their uh, you know we've talked about this on the podcast too that that even if it's just your your five seconds of fame on mania the the grandest spectrum of them all if you get five seconds of camera time. That's like your WrestleMania moment, you know. That's that that term that you hear so abused so much, I believe. Uh-huh. You know, and and Ambrose says, you know, it's four thirty, four thirty in the afternoon before Brock Lesnar shows up, even to the venue. He doesn't. He go- doesn't hang around backstage. He doesn't. Uh- you know, hang around with the guys. He's he said right off. He's not a people person. He doesn't like being around a lot of people. And you know, if he got that deal from Titan Sports, Vince McMahon, more power to him. Take the money and run. But boy, I it this angers me because you've got somebody who could be a huge star who doesn't want it. He just wants. The, it appears that he just wants the money. I I don't know what's in the man's head. 
But without Paul Heyman, there is no Brock Lesnar, guaranteed. Yeah. You know, a lot of this stuff is is stuff that us, the fans, have talked about. You know, like how, you know, the, the character with the gas mask and and uh, uh, things and, and how Dean absolutely hated and despised that character. Oh, we absolutely made fun of him calling him Bane. Remember that? Yeah, I mean, just just despised that 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 character and, and how stupid it was and how, you know, he talks heavily in the Jericho podcast about the pooper scooper line, how they were going to, they were going to have Dean come out there and with a, with a dog poo scooper and, and talk about how the people in the town were, weren't even worthy of a pooper scooper. And he says, he says I'm not saying that line. He says, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Good for and, him. And um, he says, "Go rewrite this." And so, David, in your knowledge and your your things that the things that you, I wouldn't say insider knowledge, but I guess your your um, your broad knowledge of wrestling over the years, and you have been involved with smaller promotions back in the Midwest and stuff. You know, uh, what? Tell me what your thoughts are and what you think about like this whole scripted era of the WWE, and why do we need scripts? Why do why does the WWE have to have scripts and, and why can't they just be like, you know, ideas like, Oh, Hey, you know, here's an idea, you know, your character is kind of like this. So go out and just do a shoot on this. Well, I, I think, um, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm going to go back to one of our first interviews with, uh, the MK bandit. And he was talking about how th- these uh, promoters will, go from a big event and work backwards to set up a storyline. And I think you have to do that to a point, you know, to to set up a good storyline. But I think what has happened with the, quote, scripted uh, WWE and scripted W, you know, wrestling altogether, is they forgot to get input input from the talent themselves. And also, I think, don't think they are planning very well. I just don't see a lot of planning that has gone into uh, these events. I, I, this Brock Lesnar thing uh, with he's going to uh, at this Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia on this coming Friday, he is going to cash in. He says cashing in his um, Mr. Boring in the Bank, Money in the Bank contract against Seth Rollins, who he beat the you-know-what out of and literally brought blood on his back with chair shots. Um, I I just don't think that having somebody who's not officially in the, in the match come out and win the money in the bank, that insulted my intelligence as not only a wrestling fan, but as a human being. How could somebody win something when they're not officially entered? Tell me why the man won it. That's all I wanted to know. I don't mind he has the the contract. I hate his little gimmick where he's dancing along like it's a an old boombox because, frankly, I can dance better than that man, and I'm a big old fat man that has two bad legs, you know? So, don't insult my intelligence. Get a better storyline, and if you're going to make an adjustment like they might have because Brock signed his contract just a little bit before Money in the Bank, 
make it make sense. Because now, here's Michael Cole and Corey Graves and Renee. They don't even mention how he got the money in the bank contract. They just call him Mr. Monster in the bank or Mr. whatever they call him in the bank. Monster in the bank, I guess, was Braun Strowman. Beast. The beast in the bank. The, the beast, beast in, the, in the bank. He's the boring in the bank. Excuse me. I get bored every time I see him. I almost fast-forwarded through that uh, piece with no. Seth Rollins. I really did because I'd, I've never been a big fan of his, and it's not anything personal against Brock. I don't like the way his character is done. He's a bully. Yeah. He's, you know, he he's trying to be this character now they with the lighter side i just don't like it and i'm not going to invest a lot of time into uh watching his matches and saying oh i can't wait to see mr boring in the bank it's it's not not to me so once again i'm just going back to saying you have to get a little bit of that scripted in there but i think where the wwe might be missing the bank is to not including the talent themselves and getting some of their ideas on how to tell this story. They're just saying, go here, do this, do this, do this. And I don't think any performer, unless he is, um, you know, Denzel Washington, can just go out there and act and do things without having a little bit of input into what's going on. You know, and Dean talks about that in his Jericho podcast. He says, you know, he says, if you want me, he says, if you want somebody to go out and read a script, he says, uh, hire an actor. He says, I'm not an actor. He says, I'm a wrestler, and I'm, you know, I'm an entertainer. You know, and I thought that was an interesting take on things because, you know, how many times do people say things about, you know, oh, they're just acting or they're just, you know, but they're they're not actors. They're performers. They're athletes first and foremost. Exactly. And, and then storytellers i would say in second mm-hmm. you know and, it, and it's crazy to me smaller promotions like championship wrestling from hollywood that you can miss a week or two and pick it up and uh, and watch an episode and still be entertained and even though you may be a little bit behind on some of the storylines maybe some of the storylines don't really make sense but most of the storytelling goes on in the ring i've found in some of these other promotions, you know, by the matches. And, 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 and he talks a lot about regurgitating the same match over and over again. I mean, how many times did we see uh, Cammy, uh, Cammy, <laughs> Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, that storyline was beat to death, burned, blown up, and then put back together and beaten to death again. <laughs> I mean, it just... It was, and, and, and how many times are, are we as fans uh, going to put up with that? I don't, that's the, that's my question amidst the whole thing, okay? Is, is you got guys like me and you, uh, I feel like you and I are in the same boat on the WWE that we see what's going on, but we know that we're the marks. Uh huh. But there's so many fans and comments and things like that on social media. Uh, people out there like you know bitching all the time about how crappy the WWE storylines are, and it's like, guys, until you shut off the TV, until you literally 
and instead of just being hiding behind your keyboard and typing it out and making you sound tough, so you really cancel your WWE network subscription, you know, you're, I'm sorry. I don't know what will change. And that that's that's very true. And, and by the way, I was looking on uh, the Facebook page. I think it was for Real Wrestling, and someone used the term "smarks." I had never heard that before. We used that in our our uh, previous podcast, so I don't know if they were listening to us and started coming up, or if that's a a, a term that people have been using for a while. Huh. I, I, they used the term "smarks," but. <laughs> I, I will say this about those that are out there complaining, I, you know, and we complain a little bit, but I think we do this in the guise of, of being fans and realizing that it could be better and that we're still going to watch because we're hopeful that things are going to happen and things are going to change. And then when they get it right, I mean, it is done so well on the WWE. Not every uh, thing that they do is terrible. Not everything that they do is great. And I think that's probably because they, frankly, can't do as much programming as they have available to them in hours. Yeah. yeah, And, and Dean talks about that in, on, uh, on this latest inter- interview, uh, John or whatever his name is today, um, about how three hours of television is so incredibly difficult and, and trying to piece all of this together with those promos and the, and the in-ring promos and the matches, you know, the seven-minute match here, seven-minute match there, promo here, you know, and, and he talks uh, about the, the, the 15-minute opening segments and, and things like that, how he's, it's killing the, 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 the weekly episodic television show. And I agree. Yeah, I do too. Uh, last week on Memorial Day weekend, Monday Night Raw opened up with a hugely long segment uh, uh, at the beginning, or their 15-minute promo. Then they went into a brawl that lasted a long time. That was Dolph Ziggler uh, and Kofi Kingston. It lasted forever. And by one minute and 17, I think it was one hour and 17 minutes into it, they had had basically one match. You know, the rest of it was promo time and a brawl. And I was going, you know, you know, um, I don't watch it for that. I, I want to see, I don't mind the promos. I don't mind the the long things in, in the ring if they make sense. And I loved the Dolph Ziggler, Kofi Kingston storyline. I thought that was great. I loved it. But when you're into a three-hour program and you've had one match and it's one hour and 17 minutes into it, uh-uh. No, that that's not cutting yeah, it. I I agree a hundred percent. You know, and 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 I think that's why I find myself, you know, not necessarily migrating away from the WWE because you know it's 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 hard to to get away from the overshadowing giant. But I do find myself enjoying smaller promotions. You know, I I I, I talk a lot about championship wrestling from Hollywood because. I thoroughly enjoy it. That's that's great, man. <laughs> you know, and 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 I I I've I've come to really thoroughly enjoy our local promotions as well, and the things that our local promotions are doing on social media are fun. Uh-huh. And it's fun to see the guys that we've gotten to know. You know, guys like Andrew Sowell, Tom Chad, Manny Lemons. It's fun to see them 
grow into their characters and do their promos and and be able to have a platform to follow these guys. You know, because think 10 years ago, 15 years ago, these guys would have not had the opportunity to do something like this. They couldn't film an Instagram video and post it and reach five, 600 people within minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and with today's technology, that to me says a lot about the smaller independent promotions. Well, I, I, you know, I, I think that uh, the smaller independent promotions are starting to get uh, some legs underneath them and starting to people are enjoying their promotions just a little bit better. And that, uh, to me, is good for the entire business. Will it uh, increase the, uh, the use of the WWE or decrease it? I think that still has yet to be known because you've, you've got, if you get more people involved in professional wrestling, then you're going to see maybe the ratings go back up. Uh, but I have a theory. Let me, let me run this theory past you, okay? Do we need to like? Uh, do I need to brace myself for anything, or or, or like, kind of with a warning, or or you okay? Uh, well, well, I, I guess we could say the comments you hear on the preceding program are not necessarily those of an intelligent human being, and I will prove that right here and now. And I'm I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing a little research into this because every week, every week, the ratings come out. And there are, you know, wrestling pages that are, the ratings are down once again for a Monday Night Raw, the lowest in 10 years or whatever it is. But I don't know how true that is. And here's the theory why. And it has to do with social media and YouTube. Oh, yeah. I how many people are going to YouTube every week to watch just the highlights because they can't put three hours into the Gum program? Uh, I remember Dixie Carter talking about that uh, why, uh, five or six years ago. Right. Uh, but then it was the, the DVRs. There was no way to know who was recording TNA and watching it at a later date. They have no idea how to track that. Uh-huh. And see, that's the thing. You, when you called me, I was watching Monday Night Raw from last night. Why don't I watch it live? Why do I DVR it? Well, here in the Intermountain West, it doesn't come on until 9 p.m. Well, I have to get up at 4.15 a.m. every every day to go do my job. Yes, I do have a job. I have to pay bills. And so I record it. And then I watch it back at my convenience. You know, that's the way I have to watch Monday Night Raw, also SmackDown. That's the way I have. I'm two weeks behind on ROH right now and five weeks behind on championship wrestling from Hollywood. And when when AEW starts their, their Tuesday Night Dynamite, I'll be behind on that, too, unless I'm homesick. Oh, maybe I am getting sick. I'll need to Ooh. call in. Yeah, you, s- watch you sound horrible. Eh? Oh, I, my goodness. <laughs> 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 you, you, you better 
<laughs> Better call Cash Valley Media Group. But, but, oh, I, I'm, my him, tummy, my tummy's upset. I need to yeah, stay home and watch WWE. Uh, tell him my face hurts. I can't come yeah. in. <laughs> nobody wants to. Nobody wants to see me on the radio like this. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know, I do think that has a lot to do with uh, the declining ratings. Is is how people are getting their information about professional wrestling, how they are doing it, and I, I think a lot of it is. Uh, you see uh, whatculture.com with a YouTube channel. Uh, there's a Russell Talk that does an excellent job. Both of them do excellent jobs with highlights, uh, and they, they un- uh, put analysis to it. I think a lot of people are, are still following and still know what's going on because of that. And then you've got the WWE, and you also have Impact Wrestling that put out 30-minute highlight shows. And yeah. I think that everything is kind of going in that direction and I'm going to do a little research on this and see if, if I can find out uh, uh, the difference between what the WWE was doing, quote, a year ago on YouTube highlights to nowadays. I, I, I'm going to start doing on that. Oh, I'm, I'm in that category. You know, I've got a young family. i got a boy. i got things to do. i got things, yard to put in and basements to finish and work to do. And, and You so have a I, life? I, uh, yeah, 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 and and so uh, I'll just like you said get on one of those like Bleacher Report or one of those and and I read their gradings of, of each segment. You know, they'll they'll have an explanation of each segment. This person came out and did this. They said this. Here's the YouTube video. If you want to watch that segment, we give it a C minus. Here's why. Yeah. And most of the time, they're pretty pretty accurate on their grading. I uh-huh. I, agree, I find myself falling in line with with their grading report very regular oh and then but, you have you know have other sites like still real to us and uh you know they do a great job with what they're doing and also that wrestling guy out of australia with his instagram reports there's just you know almost a glutton of information out there and i just wonder if that's going to hurt or help in the long run unless the wwe and the networks can feel find out a way to uh, to monetize this, I mean, everything you got to do has got to make money off of it, you know, and that's oh. that's just the facts of life. But, you know, that, let's let's talk about that for a second too, because um, John says talks about that in this latest interview about the how talent in the WWE is is underpaid and and things like that, and he talks about these large, these multi million dollar TV deals and and that the talent's not seen very much of, of these and, and uh, things like the pay-per-view bonuses are, are gone now because of the WWE network. And, and uh, what, what do you, what's your take on, on that? Well, I, I wasn't aware that the pay-per-view bonuses were gone. I, I think that's a real shame, but when, then again, when, you know, it's not necessarily pay-per-view anymore, it's all on the WWE network. I can understand uh, Titan Sports with the way they're wanting to do it. Maybe they are to, uh, you know, maybe give more of the uh, the merchandise sales, bigger percentage of that, because these these guys have got to find a way to make money one way or the other. And um, hey, you know, <laughs> frankly, you know, everybody's got to make got to make bank somewhere. You know, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, something that I guess I need to eat crow on and. Uh... I'm going to admit something that I was wrong on, Dave. Okay. Right here, right here on the podcast. I, I don't, I don't believe I've ever heard you do this. 
What, yeah, I've been wrong once before. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. here he is. Yeah. Zane Peterson uh, eating crow. Yeah. Uh, remember I said when you and me and Chris were talking, I said the production quality of that that trailer, that little video clip that John Moxley uh, put out of him breaking out of jail and stuff. Uh-huh. I said that had to have been produced by AEW because you know the quality of that was was uh, cost so much money. Dean Ambrose said that it cost that. Well, John said that that he filmed that on one of his. Uh, he had two days off in between shows. Um, uh, when he was working for WWE, it was in back in April, so his contract was winding down, and so he he went to LA, and um, and he uh, he found he had a friend that does that does uh, a free he's a freelance film guy, and uh, they rented a camera and uh, they called it like a red eye camera, red something. It's like supposed to be like the most high quality camera. He said that they they worked for fourteen fifteen hours a day for two days straight filming this and he says that it cost him uh, almost ten thousand dollars out of his own pocket Whoa. to put that two minute three minute or whatever it was three and a half minute clip together can you believe that yeah you know when when you're wanting to do something quality it takes time and it does take money and i'm actually i'm quite impressed that he would want to do that I'm quite impressed yeah, and and I so I I thought I thought there's no way the quality of that 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 you could uh, that had to have been produced by somebody and it was produced by by John Moxley himself. So wow. so I will eat my words on saying that somebody with large money had had produced that and, and uh, that's a large chunk of change to promote a character. Yes. It so is. that shows what that tells me though is how dedicated he is to that character and and the building of that character moving forward. That just shows, once again, what I said earlier in the podcast, that uh, someone who loves the business, someone who is invested in not only the performance, but in professional wrestling as a whole. And I, I'm going to kind of take you back a little bit because we know that Vince McMahon does not like the term professional wrestling. And, you know, recently on NXT, Percy, I can't remember his last name, he left to pursue another venue he was wanting to get into. And now Beth Phoenix, uh, the Glamazon, is doing uh, commentary on NXT. And I was watching NXT TakeOver, and she mentioned professional wrestling about three times. How long is it going to be before Vince tells her not to do that? Because he evidently hates it. John talks about that on this in this interview uh, with PW Torch, he says I don't ha- have much to do with NXT. He says, I know a few of the guys. He says I've watched a few of the shows. He says, but I'm not a not a huge follower of NXT. He says, but from what I hear, he says that NXT is super super big right now, super good, and everybody loves NXT. And he says it's because Vince McMahon doesn't have creative control over NXT. Ooh. He says so that shows you how to make a better product is to get Vincent Man out of the product. Ooh, that's a burn. Dude, if, if there is any bridge left between him and the WWE, between the Jericho podcast and this interview, it's they'll have to hire a gosh damn engineering crew 
an architect to re-engineer the bridge to ever build it back for him to cross back over the WWE. It's gone, baby. It is, it is gone. It has been burned to the ground. Now, I have uh, heard two things since the, the Jericho uh, uh, podcast. One, that Vince was a little bit upset about what happened and what was going to happen with uh, John Moxley's wife, Renee. You know, she does, right now she's on the announce team for Monday Night Raw. And I've often wondered since ever, all this started happening when he said he was going to leave, how that's going to affect her employment. And I hope they don't take it out on her. I, I mean, that would be really, that would be low. John Moxley says in his Jericho podcast um, that he hopes that it doesn't come to that. Um, and that was one of the reasons why he didn't breach. He says there was several times in the last you know, six months that he thought about walking out and just breaching his contract. And he says that was one of the reasons why he decided not to breach his contract was, number one, because of the royalties and, and the respect, he said, and number two was because of, of Renee. And he said that, yeah, but he says, he says, I told Renee that if things get bad there and she doesn't want to do it anymore, he says, then leave. Leave tomorrow if she doesn't like it anymore. Right. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I, I just I just hope that that doesn't happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. And oh, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And I've been watching uh, the NXT TakeOver, and a lot of people were comparing it to uh, the AEW show. Of course, you got some people out there saying AEW was better than NXT TakeOver, and then the other one's going, NXT TakeOver is better than AEW. They were both very good, and that's what they're I two think. Totally different, they're two totally different dynamics. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's that's like comparing Marvel to DC. They're both comic books, but DC's better. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the comic books come out. <laughs> I I will the movies the movies I will say Marvel movies are a little bit better, except for the animated ones. Uh, but uh, yeah, as far as comics go, I think DC has better writers. But anyway, that's not professional wrestling. <laughs> Uh, just get me started about my comic books, and I knew you'd like that. Yes, uh, I, I I was watching the, the NXT, and it was fine. I mean, they had a great match between Tyler Breeze and the Velveteen Dream. It was fun. The four of uh, the 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 tag team for the tag team titles, which was a ladder match, four tag teams involved with that, as fine a match as you ever want to see. I, you know, right now, if I had to say what the two matches of the year are, I would say that tag team NXT and then Cody and Dustin in uh, the double or nothing. They were that good, both of them, that good. But again, they're different, different matches, different styles, different dynamics, different. You're comparing, you know, yeah, uh, a gala apple to a red delicious. They're both apples. Mm. They both taste good. They're different. They're different now. But what do you say about how we complain about the WWE and their pay-per-views? Is it different? Should we not use different uh, ways of uh, watching it? Or is it that the WWE pay-per-views, like the Money in the Bank, led a, left a bad taste in my mouth? Just be, I, It wasn't the thing that Brock Lesnar won the Money in the Bank. It was the way the story was told. It made no sense. 
And, you know, they do the stupid things with Braun Strowman. They should have had Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar two years ago. And they wasted away that opportunity because they kept on using the same stupid storylines. And I think that's the big difference because you've got AEW, which is new, and they're setting new storylines. And then you've got uh, NXT, which has fairly new talent. So we're not tired of their storylines yet. And I think that's the big difference between why we can enjoy both of those pay-per-views so much. And frankly, I was enjoying Money in the Bank until the Brock Lesnar fiasco. But it left a bad taste in my mouth. Good, good stuff, Dave. Man, you're passionate today, aren't you? I'm passionate every day. I'm a passionate I, I don't, man. I, I don't, you don't get this way very often. Well, you you know, you talk about passion. You talk about me. You're talking about a passionate man. Just ask my wife. She says, that is a passionate man. <laughs> it's usually me that's ranting, Dave. This is great. I love the Dave rants. <laughs> I think the WWE has gotten a little arrogant in, and not really pushing themselves towards better storylines. Well, here's one for you that makes, when you talk about the WWE being arrogant, uh, the fellow on the PW Torch, he mentioned this, and John didn't have a huge response for this. I wouldn't say he dodged the question because it was a difficult question for him to, to answer, but it was something to the effect of how like some of these uh, these documentary type things that the WWE does and some of these little vignettes and things that they film, that they're almost like, it's almost like a stigma of, you know, well, you, you know, you're grateful that you're in the WWE now instead of these lowly little indies, you know, you're in a better place now because of us. So sit down on camera and tell us how wonderful the WWE is. And it's like they're they're fluffing their own sack almost. Yeah. And so what are your thoughts on, on that with to go along with what we're talking about? Well, I, I won't mention the man's name, but uh, it's a, somebody both you and I know uh, had mentioned uh, about the wrestling tag team of uh, the Reno Scum. And I've, I've been a Reno Scum fan for about two years now since I've been seeing them. I, I think they've got a lot of talent and how they looked like they were getting ready to sign with the WWE. And I had made a comment, you know, oh, no, you know, because they get buried. And, and this man came back on me and said, are you going to uh, deny them the chance to make money? Heck, I'm not going to deny them the chance to make money and make a living. But the way the WWE sometimes reacts, especially the tag teams, it, it bothers me because I think these guys could be really huge stars if they are handled properly. And that's the only thing I was trying to tell uh, this gentleman. And, and well, both you and I know uh, this person I'm talking about. Yeah, so. it's not meant to be offensive towards the Reno scum. It's not meant to be ungrateful for the WWE. It's just a simple statement. And, and, and that's unfortunately the problem with social media and these platforms of, of debate is you take the emotion out of it, you take the, 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 the logical discussion out of it. You know, you and I, Dave, we know each other well enough to where you, we could make a comment on, on social media and know whether you're being sarcastic or you're being sarcastic. But other people, they don't understand yours and not my personality as to and the passion that we have for the business and and for for not just the business but the athletes and the people that we know personally that I feel like we've we've befriended and. 
And so the point that I'm making is, is, is it's nothing against Reno scum. And it's nothing against the WWE for hell's sakes. If they got, if payday's coming, go for it. Great. Get on it, guys. Just be prepared to do like what John Moxley says. Be prepared to be handed your script. Be prepared to have your thumb put on every creative idea that you've ever come up with in your life. Be prepared to be a number. That's all we're saying. I couldn't have said that better myself, man. That was, yeah, you got to be prepared for what you're going into. And it's like any job. Nothing, no job is going to be 100% perfect. But if you are there and you know what the parameters are, if you can deal with it, hang with that job. If you don't like what's going on in that job, it's time to leave. Do you think for, for one second, guys like Gallows and Anderson, they, do you think they, that they just sit in the back and go, hell yes, we love our characters right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, yes. Oh, I love not even being on TV and not even being a relevant tag team. No, no, they don't like that. No, do you but... think they'd rather be at AEW even if they make fifty thousand or less a year, where they have creative control over their characters, where they have the ability to cut a promo without a a, a, a fifty minute script reading session, without being having to wait till it's approved by the CEO of the company? You know, there's a lot of things that people would sacrifice. You know, for money and, and you know those people that are willing to do that more power to them not everybody is going to be in it for the almighty dollar i mean i'm going to go back to my career real quick uh i i made the conscious decision years ago that i didn't want to get into big market radio i think i have the talent i think i could have done it but i didn't want to i didn't want to have that lack of job security that radio and big markets usually have. So I purposely chose to stay in the small to medium markets, and that was my decision. I think you're going to find some wrestlers that are exactly that way, and then there are other wrestlers saying, man, i got to make money. i got to make bank for my family, for my future, and they're going to go to the WWE, and they're going to be happy with that, and more power to them. You know, one, 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 thing that, one scenario that comes to my mind was, you know, after the buyout at WCW, you know, who's the one person that everybody wanted to see in the WWE that didn't go? Yeah, it was Sting. Uh, do you, could you imagine what Sting's payday would have been? It, it reminds me of, of, of when, you know, uh, the, they, they, they talk about, uh, is, it, is it Booker T? When he went to the WWE and, 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 and the Rock's battling guys and this and that, and, and out comes Booker T and, and he... He's back to back with the Rock, and the Rock turns around and says, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and and it's like, you know, I'm Booker D, brother. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, look at what happened to Steam when he went to the WWE. That's uh -huh. a classic example of, uh -huh. uh, of of all this stuff that we're seeing and all this stuff that we we're 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 beating over the head with our with our sticks here with our bats, <laughs> black ones. <laughs> <laughs> Sting bats. <laughs> Sting bats. Yeah, you can look at at the dynamic of every of basically every Chris Jericho. It's it's the same scenario that he was up against with you know the list character was funny. We all enjoyed it, but that wasn't Chris Jericho. Yeah, he didn't like that. 
he didn't like it. It, it wasn't. It was funny, and he probably, you know, he made the best of it. He had a good time with it. He probably jokes about it still to this day. But that wasn't him. And we all, we all thought that. We all huh. thought that. You know, we thought, how oh, well, that's a little out of character for him. You know, and and he's not there anymore. I mean, there's Cody Rhodes, uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes. I mean. You know, how misused has Goldust been in the last 10 years? If you ask me, Goldust should have been at least, if, if not a number one contender, the, the WWE champion, you know? At least for a while, yeah. It would have been a great storyline, so. The match that he put on with his brother was of, of that caliber, if not better, than, than many championship matches. We've seen titles change hands in worse scenarios than that. Yeah. I mean, there's no, and, and with Goldust's, his star power and his 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 years in the business and it you know there's no reason why a guy like that couldn't hold a title for a while and represent it well yeah it's just it's just i think that what what's happened is the wwe has gotten too big for its britches there's there was not solid competition around since the wcw days you know let's face it tna and roh and and all these people they just they're they were like little a, gnats, you know. They, yeah. they they were there, but they, they didn't make a big difference. Yeah, they really didn't. I mean, they were kind of a, kind of, I guess, a fallback or an option for some of the, you know, guys like Brodus Clay and things like that. And, and guys like uh, Rob Van Dam and some of these people that they could, they could kind of have little fallbacks on and, and do well with their characters and probably make a few bucks and, take a break for a while but like you said they were they were they were not even mosquitoes in the in the large scheme of things well, well done by tony khan and cody rhodes and the young bucks for taking the the opportunity and i i think they were in the right place at the right time you know i've thought about this a lot after the several podcasts that we've done and i've asked you and chris both why 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 did an roh step up why didn't tna step up they, you know, they, they were so, they were both so close, TNA especially, was so close to being a, 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 a close number two. And, and, you know, obviously Cody and these guys were able to put something together, and they'll never topple the WWE, but by hell, I hope they give them a run for their money. Yeah, and they're still, I mean, we're... We've got, what, two AEW events now. We've had the one main one, Double or Nothing, the one that they did all in last year, and a couple of little minor things. They haven't they haven't had to come up with a weekly program yet. They haven't had to tour the country yet. So there's still a lot of questions out there. I wish them all the best in the world. But don't think that because of the one successful pay-per-view that I loved, I really did, I, I, I just loved that pay-per-view, but don't think just because of that one that they're going to topple uh, the WWE. It's not going to happen. It is unrealistic to be talking about it in that term. But does it have potential? You're daggum right it does have potential to be a very viable alternative to the WWE. And I, I wish them the best. You know, and I guess, uh, I'm sorry if I cut out for a second. I'm going through a bad spot, but I'll keep talking and end it. If it doesn't turn out, then we'll have to figure something out. But I guess my my question is is how long can AEW ride this high for? You know, obviously Double or Nothing came off of a real high 
spot with All In. And people were excited. People, you know, pretty good numbers on the pay-per-view purchases. It's going to be very important for them to be able to ride the wave because you're going to see the first couple of months that they're going to have very good ratings. People will be talking about how good uh, the product is. You're going to have the the, the people that are uh, so critical of the WWE say, oh, man, this is the best thing ever. Then when, you know, the newness wears off, that's when they have to be careful. They have to continue to put out a decent to good product and be consistent. That is when you're going to find out, oh, say two to three months down the road after Tuesday Night Dynamite, that's when things will really get interesting for me because what are they going to do when they hit that little bit of turbulence that is going to happen? Not if it happens, it is going to happen. Yeah, and that's that's the interesting question. Uh, let's say right now, for example, when's the next pay-per-view? For uh, August 31st. August 31st, yes. Let's say right now everybody go, everything goes dark. You know, we don't hear from Cody. We don't hear from the Young Bucks. We don't have, you know, these, you know, and then all of a sudden, six weeks before the pay-per-view, they repeat the whole, you know, all-in type of thing of, of these little social media uh, going live things with introducing new characters or this or that. Is it going to have the same splash as as Double or Nothing, or are people going to get sick of it and go, oh, it's AEW again there? They're introducing a couple indie guys that, oh, I remember that guy. I saw him once, at, you know, in Memphis at that one show. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that, that guy's pretty good, but I wonder what's going on with AJ Styles right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's the I mean, tell and tell, man. <laughs> I, I, I just, I can almost, like, like I said, that's it, the, and, and my comments aren't meant to discredit anybody. My comments are just questions, I guess. Questions yeah. and comments both mixed together. And if they can ride this momentum that they have right now, and they still have a lot of momentum, they have a, an event, uh, it's not going to be a pay-per-view, but uh, they're going to be talking about a, a lot uh, uh, fundraiser for people that have been uh, damaged by uh, people with firearms. Uh, and that that's going to be an important event for them, although it's not going to be a pay-per-view. Then the pay-per-view in August. Uh, and then Cody and them said they're not going to try to do a pay-per-view once a month. They're going to spread it out a little bit more, which I think is very smart on their part. But when you start talking about that weekly program, after that initial high, what's going to happen? That's the most important thing. The most important thing yeah. is going to be the couple of months afterwards. Yeah. You know, that's the question that we'll ask everybody. You know, Chris, when you hear this, let us know. You know, uh, everybody out there that, that listens to the podcast, I want to hear. I love seeing what people ha- are talking about on our on our Facebook page, Turnbuckle Trash, and you know, our shout out on give us a shout out on Twitter at Turnbuckle Trash, and you know, feel free to get a hold of, of the website www.turnbuckletrash.net. Uh, you can contact Dave directly, me directly. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Because I am Turnbuckle Trash. Dave is Turnbuckle Trash. We are the world. We are the children. Yeah. Uh, further leading the discussion here, let's address Crown Jewel. Oh, wait, it's not Crown Jewel this year. No, this one, this one is the one in Saudi Arabia. Is the super Oh, wait, it wasn't Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia No, last that year? Crown Jewel was in Australia. Oh, I thought... 
Remember I that wrestling guy showdown. said he went to it. He thought it was, you know, that he went to that I thought one. I thought Crown Jewel was Saudi Arabia and Super Showdown was. You know how Zane had to eat a little crow earlier? I'm eating crow here because Zane was right. Whatever. Whatever. It's Bigger than WrestleMania, Dave. Bigger than <laughs> WrestleMania. We're going to have a 50-man battle royal. Wow, that sounds terrible and dangerous. <laughs> this this topic really gets people stirred up, doesn't it? The whole Saudi Arabia thing. And, you know, somewhat rightly so. It's very controversial. But, you know what? Money is money. And that's what Vince is all about. You know, and what... How are you going to tell somebody not to make money? But you do have several superstars that say they're not going. They're not going to participate. And, you know, I support their right to do that. Well, and the, problem, the thing that makes, makes me curious is what happens. Why do they get punished? Do they get, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's not, not going to go. Uh, AJ Styles, I think he was on the ropes, but he's injured right now, so he won't be going. But Sami Zayn can't go. It's true. <laughs> Kevin yeah, Owens says he step. won't go. Uh, yeah. Support of his friend Sami. So um, yeah, that, yeah, Sami Zayn. That would be very dangerous for him to go over there. Very dangerous. Well, and, and you know, and that's unfortunate. That's not fair for Sami. Good. I, 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 I'll, I'll be interested to hear from you on how it was, and I'm sure I'll check it out this weekend on the network. You said the WWE. They put do when they do it right. They do it extra right. So let's hope they do at least a few things right with this show. Because the uh, there was a couple of those last year that were just terrible, just terrible. Well, they, that's like I'm out of I'm I'm out of topics. I'm out of ideas. Oh, yeah, too I'm much done. stuff. I'm, I I thought that was excellent. <laughs> well, you got anything else? No, I don't. Not at this time. No. Well, uh, close us out. Come up with something silly or something, and we'll write it out for a minute, and then we'll close it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, here at Turnbuckle Trash, we have completely ran out of ideas to talk about. So why don't we just shut our yaps right now so you can get back to your regular scheduled programming? That was almost insulting, Dave. <laughs> I love insulting people. <laughs> but I'm, I, you're right though. I'm, I'm, I, I'm out of ideas. So shut your yap, man. Oh, but I can't just hang up, right? We have to keep rambling and rambling and rambling and rambling and rambling, or should we just end it here? This is TurnbuckleTrash.net. Those guys look big and mean. I think they want to hurt us. What do you call that? A flying springboard knee to the face? Oh, that works. I like to hurt people. Pretending to wrestle is the most fun in the whole world. The thoughts and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of an intelligent human being. If you don't agree with them, get your own dang pod. Dummy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. And in the immortal words of Ric Flair, Woo! Nobody wants to, nobody wants to see me on the radio like this. Yeah. It's not you. It's just... <laughs> It makes me laugh, though. <laughs> Do you think that vegans, like, when they mow their lawn, they don't see <laughs> feeling they get? I just hit one of them natural onions, and it smells good. From the outskirts of London, it's John Moxley. Cammy, uh, or yeah, Cammy, <laughs> Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens. Why, you sure. sound horrible. Oh, I... <laughs> 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 Oh, I love that!
not even being on TV and not even being a relevant tag team. We are the world. We are children. <laughs> <laughs>